Welcome to Calming the Chaos Podcast, where we help you find peace in a chaotic world. I'm your host, Tracy Canella, licensed mental health counselor. Calming the Chaos provides self-help resources for people in crisis. It's not a substitute for counseling or psychotherapy. Thanks for tuning in. And now, let the chaos begin. Today's topic on Calming the Chaos podcast has to do with a lot of people in financial chaos. And we don't really talk about that a whole lot, about how many people are really truly struggling out there with money and finances. And fortunately, we have Alan Lazarus here to help us to uh, understand it all. He is from Massachusetts and has a unique story to tell us about uh, his own journey uh, into the profession that he's in right now. He is the CEO of Next Level University, uh, which has classes in self-improvement and more. And he's also the co-host of a podcast and that's the Next Level University uh, podcast. They have over 1500 podcasts, so please check them out. And so it's my pleasure now to introduce Alan here, and he will help us calm the financial chaos. Alan, welcome to Calming the Chaos podcast. Hello, hello, hello. What an awesome intro. And uh, thank you so much for having me. It is so very clear that you do your homework. I've been on many shows, but so far this is on the very top of the list for someone who truly cares about who I am, what I do, and your listeners. Thank you for that uh, glowing praise. And I love the way we uh, subconsciously, unconsciously coordinated our colors today. I think that's awesome. <laughs> I told you I saved my best shirt for you. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that for sure. Yeah. So let's talk about you and uh, like why you're here and how you got to be this CEO of Next Level University. Just go ahead and talk to us about what what your journey was to get to where you are here. So, so I'll try to give you the fairly short version, but um, I also don't want to leave out some of the important details. So, so I'm 35 years old now, and I, when I tell this story, I want everyone to understand that I did not understand any of this while I was going through it. Hindsight is 2020. I've since reflected on my past every year for the last nine years, trying to rewatch the movie of my own life, so to speak, from a higher sense of awareness. So this is my newest, latest, and greatest version of what I believe to be true based on my new highest awareness. So when I was born, two and a half years old, uh, my father passed away in a car accident when he was 28 years old. I always say I was raised by two women. I had my older sister who was six at the time, and I had my mother. We, I had a stepfather who was a friend of my father's named Steve Lazarus, and he was with us from age three to age 14. And my real last name actually is McCorkle. My birth last name is McCorkle because a lot of people see the last name Lazarus and they say, you don't look very Greek to me. Uh, I'm the, I'm the non-Greek Lazarus. <laughs> and when I was seven years old, my mom gave me the option to change my name. And so I did. And when my stepfather left, my mom and stepdad never got along when my stepfather left. So in the nineties, and this is a episode about finances. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that in the nineties, particularly in America, it was boom times for sure. 
and everyone had quite a bit of money. The economy was growing by 30% year over year, which means the economy essentially doubles every three years, two and a half years. And we were doing very well. We were like upper middle class. We had a five acre home. My stepfather built that home. We lived on a, a large pond, small lake, private, very, very nice. And we actually had a yacht and we had snowmobiles and we had ski trips. And while, while my family wasn't the happiest and definitely um, dealt with adversity and trauma with my father's death, the finance side of things was pretty strong, pretty good. And all my friends thought I was rich and all that stuff. My stepfather left when he was, when I was 14 years old, my sister moved in with her boyfriend. So she had left. So it was just me and my mom in that big house. He got the yacht and the apartment building. We got the home and the dog and it was just me and my mom. And she, she was a cook slash lunch lady at the time for BVT, uh, Blackstone Valley tech. And she had summers off with us kids, but she didn't make a ton of money. And so we had a lot of expenses and very little income. And so I went from very well off financially, ski trips, yacht, you know, ocean fishing, um, cars, snowmobiles, toys, you know, Xbox Dreamcast, all the, all the good stuff to, I get free lunch at school now because we are so low income. Mm -hmm. which in hindsight actually developed a lot of character because I didn't know that I was spoiled as a kid when it came to finances, but I definitely was. And then also for those of you who do study finance, you know that in the 2000s, that's when things really went downhill. It's known as the lost decade. Yeah. In the 90s, things were really, really, really booming. The dot-com bubble, if you've heard of that. And then in the 2000s, it was just pretty, pretty bad, all things considered, at least in comparison to the 90s. So anyways, um, I went from we're well off to how am I going to go to college? And so my decision, fortunately, was get straight A's in high school, get as many scholarships as I possibly can, work my butt off and all these awards behind me. If you're on video, uh, I did. I got straight A's. I, I got the president's award and I, and I got into the school of my dreams and I got tons of financial aid because we had something in this country called equal opportunity. And I also got a bunch of scholarships, which was great. I was the obnoxious kid at the award ceremony that just kept getting called up over and over and over again. But anyways, so I went to college and it was really expensive and I stayed an extra year. I got my electrical and computer engineering degree and then I got my master's in business and I was off to the races and I was on my way to becoming a, uh, a fortune 50 CEO, like my hero, Steve jobs. That was my dream at the time. And I was doing some corporate job hopping. I, I was a global product manager. I was a sales engineer, inside sales, outside sales. I worked for a bunch of different tech companies. I lived in LA for a time, but I job hop, job hop, job hop, and, and eventually ended up at nearly $200,000 a year, almost $200,000 a year. I'm 24, 25, 26 years old, and uh, I paid off all my debt, making lots of money, investing a ton in the stock market. I had $150,000 in a, in a portfolio and I was off to the races. And then that's when I had my sort of midlife crisis at 26. So it's my quarter life crisis is what I call it. That's what John Mayer calls it. Qu really? Yeah. There's a song he wrote and it's a, he, he's in a quarter life crisis. So you're not the only one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I am 26 years old 
And at this point, I had achieved a lot of what I had hoped, six figures right out of college, you know, that kind of thing, take care of my mom, take care of my family. I had a lot of really hefty mentors, multimillionaires, things like that. And I'm up in New Hampshire with my little cousin. His name's Dan, and he was 17 at the time. I'm 26 at the time. And it's that really tough winter. I believe this is 2015 or 2016. I think 2016. And the snowbanks are covering the signs. And this is New Hampshire. And I'm supposed to yield. I don't. I end up on the wrong side of the road. And I thought, I looked up from the GPS. We were going to TGI Fridays. Wasn't drinking, nothing crazy. Just going to TGI Fridays. And I saw the biggest, brightest lights I'd ever seen. I thought that it was a Mack truck. Mm. And I thought for sure that was the end. I, I remember thinking, there's no way. There's no way we survive this. This is it because I thought it was a Mack truck. Fortunately, it was a lift-kitted pickup truck that looked like a Mack truck to me, and it was not a Mack truck. And I also drove a 2004 Volkswagen Passat. I remember buying this in cash, $5,000, because I wanted to save money. And it was a German-engineered car, so I, I called it a tank. I used to call it like a steel trap, a tank. I used to call it the tank. And fortunately, the airbags deployed. We were physically okay. But if you rewind... My father was 28 when he died in a car crash. And so my little cousin wasn't really rattled at all. He was totally fine. You know, he hurt his knee. I hurt my face on the airbag, but we were okay. But mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, I was so messed up. So mm. messed up. Because my cousin was still in that sort of invincible age where it was not a big deal. Whereas with me, I know that that could have been it because my dad died when he was 28. Right. In a car accident. I've seen pictures of my dad's car and my, my car didn't look very different. And so this messed me up a lot. And um, after that, I, I reevaluated my whole life. I definitely had some PTSD. Uh, I, I was claustrophobic. Ceiling fans bothered me. I, had, I remember I used to have to puff up my chest and walk you know, in and out of doorways to try to overcome my, my claustrophobia. Uh, I was definitely ashamed of that, and, and crowds would always bug me. I, I struggled to be in crowds. I, I kept getting pulled over because I would I would be too close to the side of the road because double yellow lines used to mess with me because I ended up being on the wrong side of the road. Fortunately, the police were always really kind. I said, listen, I got in a bad car accident. I'm sorry. I, I actually kept popping my tires on the side of the road because I was too far to the right. Driving was really hard for me. So anyways, I, uh, but, but despite the PTSD side of things, I also had a post-traumatic growth, like a lot of it. And there was two things that really freed me for lack of better phrasing, two resources. You talk about resources here. Uh, one of them was Tony Robbins, Ted talk. And regardless of what you think of Tony, uh, his Ted talk is unbelievable. And number two, and more importantly, I read a book by a woman named Bronnie Ware from Australia. It's called the top five regrets of the dying. And I actually have these flashcards that I always carry with me, and they're all tattered and old at this point. Um, and one of them is the top five regrets of the dying. And it's actually uh, all ripped in half and all that. So if you're on video, you can kind of see it. But I've actually since interviewed Bronnie, which is really cool. I've interviewed her on our show, and this is years later. But when I found this book, the top five regrets of the dying, I was in regret. I was in the dark, so to speak. And uh, the, the real part of my story that I think is really most important is, is I started wearing this true North around my neck. It's a North star. And I live by this simple quote, which is 
you can't see the stars during the day. Uh, they're always there, but sometimes it takes the darkness to see clearly that which you simply could not within the light. And so those are the two things that I never noticed before. They were always there, but I never noticed them. One of them was the book by Bronnie Ware, and the other one was Tony Robbins' TED Talk. And Tony Robbins' TED Talk introduced me to personal development, which for me was like the secret, the, the, the cheat code, the, the thing that would have turned it all around for me. And then the top five regrets of the dying, I'll go quick with this, but Bronnie Ware worked in hospice for eight years, and she worked with the terminally ill, and she took care of them, and she noticed that these same regrets, you know, and these terminally ill people from all different backgrounds, all different cultures, all different ethnicities, they all had the same regrets. And so she wrote a book about it called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. And the number one regret of the dying is I wish I had lived a life true to myself and not what others expected of me. That was the top one, huh? That was the top one. And that was my top one too when I was contemplating had I died in that car accident. Mm -hmm. You know, would I be proud of the man I became? You know, did I make my own choices? Was I an engineer because I really wanted to be an engineer? Or, or was that what, you know, my parents wanted for me? And so I, all those existential questions were, were coming up. And, you know, I definitely had a drinking problem. I, I drank too much and too often. And I'm grateful now. That was nine years ago. I'm now 35, even though I look 15 still. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, really what it comes down to now is is... Are you doing all you can with all you have? And I just make much better choices than I used to. And sometimes bad things happen to good people, but there's a lot you can do with it if you believe in yourself and you have high self-worth. Mm. Wow. And I, I did not even know the details of your experience in the, uh, in the car, what kind of car. You really told that well with a lot of details, for sure. It made me feel like I was going through it with you. And uh, so, so then what, what happened for you is a total uh, like paradigm shift or a p perspective change or mindset you know, um, hack or something happened to you. It's almost like you were snapped and you made all these mental changes. Uh, what changed in your, your professional life? I'm just curious. So after that, you know, it's interesting to your point, when you say a paradigm shift, to me, a paradigm is your deepest belief about the meaning of life. And if you've ever studied Viktor Frankl or, or any of these other uh, existential people, you know, some people have a family-centered paradigm. Some people have a career-centered paradigm. Some people think life is about work. Sometimes people think, you know, you work to live. Other people live to work. And my paradigm shift, to your point, was... I shifted out of achievement. My old paradigm was achievement, uh, friends, and pleasure. Life is about achieving things, having a lot of friends, and, and having a lot of fun. And I actually worked for a company where they their motto was work hard, play hard. It's mm -hmm. named Cognex, and that's that was my career path at the time. And ironically, achievement, I achieved a lot. You know, I had a ton of friends. I mean, too many in hindsight, and we'll talk about that if you want. And then, you know, a lot of pleasure, you know, some drugs, definitely alcohol, and just a lot of fun, you know, mm -hmm. but it was meaningless fun in hindsight, a lot of it, not all of it, but a lot of it. And so the paradigm shift that you're referring to growth paradigm, the goal became growth, the goal became mission and service and growth. 
And so that was nine years ago. And so what changed after that is I was still working at Cognex, which is the company I was working for at the time, but it became less and less and less aligned with who I am internally. And I became more and more and more aware with this is not what I want to do with my life, even though I'm making all this money. And I'm, I, I, I remember my mom, why would you ever quit? Like you, you did it. You achieved the dream. This is what everyone wants. And I remember thinking, honestly, I know this is what other people think they want, but this isn't what I want anymore. And so I did. I, I, I left corporate for good. I, I quit my job. I uh, started a company called Alan Lazarus LLC. And it was the tagline was what you'll never learn in school, but desperately need to know. And desperately was in all caps because I was just so frustrated with how little we learned about fitness or finances or food or these things that matter so deeply to our everyday lives, but yet we never really learned about them in school. And so my commitment was to go all in on personal development and to help others do the same. So then that was nine years ago. And then fast forward, I started a podcast with my business partner now. His name's Kevin Palmieri. He's also all over the internet. And uh, it was called the Hyperconscious Podcast. And I had a podcast called Conversations Change Lives. He had a podcast called the Hyperconscious Podcast. He interviewed me as his first guest. I interviewed him as my first guest. And then eventually we teamed up and we had the worst named podcast in history, which was the Conversations Change Lives Meets Hyperconscious Podcast. <laughs> and, <laughs> and eventually we decided to go all in on the Hyperconscious Podcast. And then fast forward four years, three or four years, we, you know, 500 episodes in, we rebranded to Next Level University, how to level up your health, wealth, life, and love. Because what we figured out about ourselves is that we're very holistic. We didn't want to be healthy, but not wealthy. We didn't want to be wealthy, but not healthy. And we definitely didn't want to be healthy and wealthy, but not in love. And so now here we are with 1,540 episodes as of right before this. And we have this big company now. And I, I mean, I guess big is relative, but 20 people, 20 person team. You know, we have 23 departments. We have our own charity. And we, we coach people all over the world. He coaches on podcasting. I coach on business. And we just, this is what we do now. And it's way more aligned. Um, but to the point of this episode about finances, it was, it took years before we were able to actually be financially successful before what we used to be six figures. We both quit our six figure incomes to, to start this. And it's only until the last couple of years where we've actually surpassed that. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's so cool how things just evolve. And so your focus is on health, wealth, and love, right? And you couldn't imagine having uh, only two without the other, right? Mm -hmm. So today we're going to be talking about wealth and in particular uh, financial chaos and some of the levels of, of financial chaos that people uh, can uh, can go through, right? Uh, and so for this, I brought up this graphic. And this graphic is one that I had started out uh, last season when I had uh, Sari Ibrahim on my show. If for you who haven't seen it, check it out. I'll try and put some sort of a note in the show notes about it. It was very useful. This expands on that. This graphic is a continuum of financial struggles for those of you who can see it on uh, YouTube. If those of you are listening and would like to check out the YouTube version of it, the the uh, continuum would be there. It goes from homeless to wealth growth, right? So all of these can be financial uh, problems or uh, things that can cause financial 
chaos. So what I thought we could do, and uh, I think uh, so Alan is ready to go with this. Uh, he is a professional at winging it and uh, he knows that I'm gonna think up some scenarios. He's very confident that he's gonna be able to give us some suggestions that would help in any of these situations, right? Um, I would just like to say that the most, most what I see looking at this graphic, mostly what I see, not homeless people come into my, um, in, into my office, but I would like to talk about that. But the people who are in this orange zone, who are either unemployed or they've lost their jobs, they don't have a living wage, they're just really struggling to make it. And they're, they maybe have a house, they have a mortgage, or maybe they're renting and it's just so expensive. And the first lightning round question I'd have for you, uh, Alan, is what do you do when you lose, you have su something suddenly happen, like unemployment um, and, and or even an illness or a medical condition that can just really rock your world and all of a sudden, boom, you are financially uh, not as solvent as you used to be. Uh, just some, maybe some words of, of help uh, or assistance to those people, maybe even encouragement out there. So I remember early in our business, uh, Kevin and I had two different philosophies and now we, we've drove into five is what we call it. So everything's a spectrum. You've got zero to 10 and, and five is the center. And if we all want to be centered and holistic, we got we to gotta take in other perspectives. And so the perspective that I originally had on this was the age old, you got to take responsibility for what happened and you, you have to, you can't get new results until you take responsibility in advance for your own future. But that requires you to believe in yourself. And I know that sometimes bad things happen to good people. And so I've since rel relinquished some of that to, to sort of a duality here. So, so bear with me. Okay. So if you feel like you have no living wage, your, your struggle bus, the way that I would break this down is number one, yes, you do have to realize that on one hand, you are responsible for the outcomes in your life and that you're going to have to take responsibility to retool. So a good example might be, you know, in the future, uh, if you're a truck driver, for example, and, and self-driving trucks and self-driving cars become a thing, you are most likely going to lose your job. And that is happening whether we like it to or not. I used to be in automation, so I used to be someone who the better I did, the less jobs there were, and then I was unhappy with that, so I flipped the script and started actually helping people create jobs, so this is what I do now. But you got to retool and re-equip before you need to, and so that's that's the one hand, okay? So take responsibility for what happened, regardless of whether or not it was your fault, it is still your responsibility to do something about it, and do what you can with what you have, which means you know, free courses, a lot of these things online, You you can learn how to program a computer for free online. I mean, the even MIT has free courses online, right? So, so there is a lot less excuses, although I do know sometimes that's the case. So the old age old thing that people have heard is give a man a fish, feed, feed him for a day, teach a man to fish, feed him for a lifetime. Now, here's the thing. Kevin came to me. He said, well, why can't you give them a fish while you teach them to fish? And I think that that's the drive to five that I would talk about here, which is you need someone who can help you get back on your feet. And so, for example, when I went broke after starting my own business, 
I, our first podcast studio was my sister's old bedroom. <laughs> our second podcast studio was my mother's basement. And then our third podcast studio was our own, you know, rented place that was really nice and really beautiful. But the first few years, we didn't have the money to afford that. And so how do you put yourself in a position where someone is feeding you fish while you're also learning to fish? Because what people don't understand is that someone who's in short-term scarcity, they can't think a ton about the future. They can only think about their bills this month. And the old me didn't understand that because I'm such a long-term strategic thinker. So what you want to do is find someone who can temporarily help you. Maybe it's a short-term job that DoorDash or Uber Eats or, and I have some of my clients literally doing this. I always say STP and LTW. STP stands for short-term profitability. So like Uber Eats, you can sign up and assuming you can drive a car, uh, you can do that now, depending on where you are in the world. I know that's not accessible to everybody. But I have a client right now who I said, listen, your YouTube channel is as LTW, long-term wealth. YouTube is the worst idea ever if you want to make money immediately. But if you want to make money in 15 years, you start a YouTube channel because, oh my goodness, you can do some really big things. I have a client who makes 30 grand a month. Oh. So, on. <laughs> right? But short term, there's no profitability whatsoever. It's just a losing game. I call it the money pit. You know, long term wealth is usually a short term loss. Right. So what you got to do is you got to find your STP, your short-term profitable activity, hammer it, keep it up. And usually that requires humility. I have one client who went back to Walmart. I have another client who works at McDonald's. You, you have to be willing to be humble enough. I have a multimillionaire client who's in her 60s who still cooks on the side and cleans houses. She was an executive. She still is an executive and she still does those things. Hmm. that's short-term profitability because what you do with that short-term capital is long-term wealth. And so for us, we started a podcast. Podcast is long-term wealth. It is not short-term profitability. Short-term profitability, we produce podcasts. Hmm. And you can't produce podcasts if you're not leading by example and having a podcast. So every business is built on long-term wealth strategies while simultaneously creating short-term profitability. And, and for anyone who's in a tough spot, you got to focus on short-term profitability first, get the fish, and then also learn how to fish in the background while you're also eating fish. Wow, what a great answer. And for, for those of you out there who um, are just, uh, you know, getting to know uh, Alan, uh, he's very much uh, very confident in what he's saying and uh, very experienced because he has walked it too. It, while you were talking, I remember when you said about being kind of resourceful, um, I remember like the public libraries I used to go to and we used to live across the street from the mall. I used to hang out at the bookstore because I couldn't afford books. I would hang out at the bookstore in the summers and I would read them and I would learn stuff. And uh, there were things that I could just be resourceful uh, with uh, that we had a, a lawnmower. I could mow people's lawns or I could offer uh, pet sitting services or whatever it was. We, were, we would always be trying. I had a paper route for years and years when I was a kid because we were pretty poor. And uh, and even in through my adult life, that was the, the attitude that I took too, is like, what can I use around me that is going to help uh, me to be able to get enough money to eat, do my laundry, have a roof over my head, go to school, have gas in my car, right? 
Right. And if you think about someone, so my grandfather also went to WPI, Worcester Polytechnic Institute. That was also my school, my college. And he went to night school. So he worked all day. He went to night school. So going to, to night school to get a degree from WPI is a long-term wealth strategy. That that costs money. That doesn't actually make you any money initially. Yeah. So he worked during the day, short-term profitability, and then he invested in his long-term wealth strategy simultaneously. And I just wish we were taught this because at the end of the day, you see these people that are already at the end of their journeys. They already make 30 grand a month or whatever. But what you don't see is how broke they were at the beginning. Right. And and that's why I show people my first YouTube video because it's just awful. Oh, and I'd no love to see it. Well, how come I have not seen this? <laughs> I can I can send it to you for sure if you'd like. Oh it's goodness. it's nothing short of embarrassing. And by the way, it's unlisted. I can send you the link and you can view it, but it's not public. <laughs> okay. Yes, I will not share it with anybody, but I would love to see it. Hmm. As someone who has gone from well off with my stepdad around to so super poor, back to really well off in corporate back to super poor. And then now, you know, next year we're, we're probably going to be at a half million for our business. I've, I've, you know, I've climbed and fallen so many times on this financial journey. What I can tell you for certain is that anyone who, ha who is entitled is in trouble. If you are, if you think people owe you something, you're in so much trouble because even if you work for yourself, you don't really, you work for your clients. <laughs> Um, I own a business and we do, you know, this year we're going to surpass 350,000, which again, for a podcast is really strong for a business. Right. It's not that strong, but we have 55 clients for podcasting. We have 12 clients for social media. I have 17 clients for business coaching. I mean, I work for my clients. Right. You, you, no one works for free. And, and people in, in my country in particular, nothing, nothing against Americans, but I see a lot of these kids that are really entitled. It's like, well, I, I deserve 20 bucks an hour. It's, it's like, well, why exactly? Because I made $7 an hour when I started and there are people all over the world that are willing to make way less. I mean, some of my team is in the Philippines and, and if they'll work twice as hard for half the money, why I can't stay competitive if you're lazy and, and not willing to work. So, so work ethic, humility, gratitude, opportunity, and and self-discipline they will always win no matter where you are i i understand that circumstances are bad i do i came from a childhood that was nothing short of really brutal but it's what you do with what you have that's going to matter um because that's all you have control over anyway so hopefully that's that's helpful yes and nothing is promised as they say right Yep. So what if you complicate matters then and bring in maybe a medical or a mental health condition that you're struggling with and it's making it hard for you to work? Uh, so something that is preventing you from from uh, accessing what's around you or from doing the things that you need to do to be able to scrape yourself up, I guess, because of the mental health or a medical condition. Do you have any anything to say or to speak about with that? Number one would be hopefully, and this isn't guaranteed, but for me when I was broke and I wanted to go to college, I was given financial aid and scholarships, but but only through my own work. 
because they they don't give financial aid and scholarships to people who don't get good grades. And so I would say number one would be play your part. Do what you can with what you have. That's number one. Number two would be hopefully you live in a country that supports people who are in need and preferably not rely on that because I grew up in an environment where there were a lot of people who purposely wouldn't go get a job because then they would lose their benefits. And that's called learned helplessness. And that's, that's unfortunately not a positive thing long-term. But the, the last piece I would say is if you're a wonderful person who's heart-driven and wants to see others win and, and wants to be a positive contribution, hopefully you have people around you who love you, who want to see you win, and they'll, they'll help. So, so for example, you know, my mom, obviously, uh, in my case, this is a little different because I was, I was actually helping her probably more than she was helping me in this case, um, to keep the house and the family and we actually sold it. So that all worked out, but either way, our first studio was in my sister's old bedroom. My second studio was in my mother's basement. Now I was helping her pay the bills. So I think this is a little different, but I know that if, even if I wasn't, she would have been there to help me. And so hopefully someone in your circle, a loved one can, can support you in the meantime while you get well. And the way you get well, hopefully your health insurance will pay for therapy. I have a therapist, uh, you know, whether it's therapy or coaching or school or education or equipping, I always use, I call it T3, uh, team tools and training. So who's on your team? Who, who loves you that wants to see you win? They, they will support you. Human beings, Good human beings will help each other. It's it's really cool to see, especially in a tragedy. Uh, team tools and training. So so tools is next. Do you have the right equipment? Do you need a new laptop? Do you need a new computer? Do, do you need a new phone so that you can do social media or whatever it is that you do? Um, do you need a car so that you can do Uber Eats? That kind of thing. Uh, and then training, which is the most important in my opinion. You know, what courses are you taking? What books are you reading? you know, what, what certifications could you get? And even if it's free, I mean, next level university, if I was a kid, I would 1540 episodes of these coaches, these mentors in your pocket for free. It's, it's crazy. And, um, it's awesome. And so there's a lot of free mentorship you can get, but I, what I would say is be careful because there's a lot of scam artists out there for sure. Yeah, you mentioned tools and uh, some people don't have a computer sometimes and they don't have the basics to be able to do like maybe a work at home job. And uh, there are, I believe, resources that can help you. I don't know if the if you're familiar with any of them. I know Div Division of Vocational Rehabilitation is one of them, especially if you have a mental illness and you or a physical disability. They help you with certain things uh, and job search and, and all that other stuff. Uh, they do have connections. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with any other resources. If you don't happen to have the tools like a car or um, a computer, the tools to be able to do a job. One thing that I think is really cool about the 21st century, although this comes with some negatives, as all things do, is if you go on GoFundMe or another crowdsourcing platform and you tell your story, there are a lot of people that are willing to contribute. And um, Kevin and I actually talked earlier today about a podcaster that he was on their show and they were disabled and someone else, uh, they were mute. I, I don't know the official term, but but they had someone else asking the questions for them. And, and Kev texted me, you know, and I'll, I'll verbatim just read it. 
he said, I had a moment today. I want to get to the point in the near future where we can sponsor a few podcasters each year, positive shows with hosts and missions we believe in. We can produce it and give them mentorship um, as well. And so if we do well as a business, we can afford to do that with particular people. And so what I would say is there are people willing to help, but people want to help people who put in the effort, who show humility and who show gratitude. And if you're entitled on any level, people are just not going to want to help you because entitlement, in my opinion, is the opposite of gratitude. If you're in a tough spot and you're humble and you're willing to work and you want to do better and be better, people can sense it. People can sense your intentions. And if, if you're just selfish and entitled and out for you, nobody's going to go out of their way to help you, uh, most likely. Yeah. And nobody will know if you need anything unless you talk about it. So if you don't ask or like what you said about crowdsource, that's that's brilliant. I love that idea because nobody's going to know uh, to help you out if if you don't say anything about it. So um, great, great ideas. And uh, so let, let me just ask you, let's go to a really tough one, which is um, homelessness. Now, now, I know I'm not going to ask you if you have a solution to the homelessness pro problem. It's not about that. But some people are couch surfing. Some people are out there in, in these little tiny house communities. Others are just don't have a home. And so what would you say to somebody who is, let's just take the uh, will, not even will work for food. There's the please help signs now. And people are sitting on the sides of the road and they're just asking you to contribute. If you're one of those people, what do you think you would do? If I was one of those people, what would I do? Yeah. Yeah. Because I've tried that. I'd like to put myself in their place and I've got a couple of ideas because I see them all over the place here where I work. Or I'm where super I work, grateful where I that you, yeah. I'm super grateful that you do that exercise mentally and emotionally of like putting yourself in that place. Mm -hmm. Um, if I were in that position, uh, I would of course, uh, ask for support and ask for help, uh, with whatever funds. So whether it be a sign, please help, the the idea here, hopefully this is helpful. And if you're listening to this, you obviously are in a position where you have access to technology. But what I would try to do, and this is the fundamental understanding that I never used to have, but I now really, really, really understand. If, if I earn $5 today, it's not just that I only earned $5. It's more important what I do with that $5. So I remember one time I was walking into a Chipotle and this was late at night with my beautiful girlfriend, Emilia. And we had just worked a really long day and we were, we were doing well financially back then, but nothing compared to what we are now. And I remember I walked into Chipotle and there was a police officer who went into Chipotle and bought, there was a homeless person outside to the left and they had a brown bag and they, I know they had alcohol in, in, in the brown bag for sure. And they were definitely drunk. Um, and I remember the police officer, uh, bought a couple waters and then brought it out to the man. And I was like, that's brilliant. Mm. Because a lot of people have that thing of, well, if I give $10, are they going to buy alcohol? And, and the truth of the matter, statistically speaking, honestly, and I'm not just saying this because I actually work with someone. Uh, we had him on our show several times. He, he, if you look up the Movement family, his name's Michael Gorman, and we interviewed him several times. And he has a really awesome charity where he helps the homeless all over um, Lowell in Massachusetts. It's, it's unbelievable what he has done. It's unbelievable. Mm. But statistically speaking, 
a lot a lot of the homeless population um, will buy alcohol or booze or cigarettes or whatever. But the water thing was was next level. That was awesome because that you're certain is going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. You need so, water. <laughs> you need water. Exactly. Food, water, uh, tr- clothing. These things are essential human things that I think we would all benefit from. Mm-hmm. Now, if I was homeless, I would try to find a way to add value, whether it's washing people's cars, hoping that maybe they tip me or something along those lines. And then with that money, I would try to use that money as intelligently as I can to, to try to start these two snowballs. The two snowballs I st- talked about was short-term profitability, mm-hmm. mowing lawns, buy a lawnmower, the neighbor, you do such a good do- job, the neighbor tells the neighbor, and then by the way, everyone wants a nice lawn. Okay, that. And then the other one is long-term wealth, which is maybe an education. Go to a community college if you can, that kind of thing. And then the, here's the thing, there's no short-term anything here. There's no short-term solution, despite what TikTok might tell you. There is no become a millionaire in 90 days. That is all BS. Four-hour work week, Tim Ferriss, I, I respect you. I respect your work, but you've never worked four weeks, four hours in your life. You, you've been doing 60-hour weeks since you were a kid, and you also went to one of the best colleges on the planet. So while I respect the book, that's just a marketing title that is absolute crap. I got Throw here. Some shade. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it is what that. it is. I got to. I it's just it's it's alarming. If a college student reads the four hour work week and really thinks that they can become a multimillionaire w- only working four hours a week, they are in trouble. Mm. And they're gonna regret that later on. I mean, I got here with work ethic and humility and earning it and earning every dollar and knowing the value of a dollar. And I think that a lot of the a lot of the stuff nowadays, especially about everyone should be an entrepreneur and everyone's gonna should be a millionaire and yeah, right. It's mm-hmm. I mean, I <laughs> I've I can tell you in the last nine years, Tracy, I've probably taken maybe four days off in the last wow. nine years. You need a vacation. And, <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm, that's not for me. I'm going to, I'm going to work every day for the rest of my life. But, but that's, that's what I'm saying is, is there's a lot of stuff out there that talks about getting results without effort. And it, it really isn't true. Right. And so that's what I would say is effort over everything. Where are you investing your time? Where are you investing your effort? And then what are you doing with the capital, the money that you do earn, even if it's, star- even if it's small, Start small and let it build, and and over time you will you will break free, and you will you will uh, you'll be your future self will thank you. What I have got given people before is a list of names, just like having them on a little card, and say, "Here's where the Saint Vincent de Paul is. Here's where the Salvation Army is," and I'll put like a like lists of resources. Very um, nice. They can walk themselves in there. That's the best thing you can give homeless people. I never give them money. I don't even carry, I'm going to start carrying water in my, um, in (laughs) my car now, um, for that, because I never know what to do. I I always say, look straight ahead. Don't enable the behavior. Don't reinforce the behavior, but, uh, you know, giving them water is a humane thing to do. And I love that. Right. I thought that was so cool. I thought that was so that police officer, I'll never forget it. That was such a good idea. 
And so here is the website, nextleveluniverse.com. Please make sure and visit that website. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, show you the website right now by sharing the screen with you. And uh, we will see all the good stuff here. So here's a, so this is nextleveluniverse.com and it's Next Level University is the organization name. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the website, what's going on here. Here you are with your partner. Look at the two of you entrepreneurs. Ooh, nice tattoo. Uh, so we have 22 departments. One of them is actually our charity called the Next Level Hope Foundation. And if you go to the top tab there, you've got Everything from podcast to a book club to monthly meetups, we do them every month. Speeches and trainings, we, we will do a free training. I will come in and do a free training to help you become the most productive and effective version of yourself. I do teams, I do businesses, I do individuals. Uh, the first one is free. The first one's free. There's a blog. I also have a next level audio blog coming out soon, which is a different, it's another podcast. It's essentially me just kind of reading the blog itself. Uh, we also have an app called Optimal. The app is a habit tracker, uh, green, yellow, red, kind of like, you know, did you do it? Did you not? Did you kind of do it? And then we have events every year. So we do Father's Day event for the Next Level Hope Foundation for children without fathers. And then we, like Kevin and myself, we both grew up without fathers. And then we also have a holiday event. It's actually on December 10th. So it's 10 days out actually as of right now. We rent out the YMCA, bring all the kids. It's for, for single parents and, and children of single parents during the holidays. And we have online courses, we've got one-on-one -on -one coaching, we've got group coaching. Uh, the website has everything you can think of on there. And as you're scrolling through, you can see all the guests we've had on our show. It's been, it's been a, 2024 will be our seventh year in business. Mm. And it's been a hell of a journey. But at the end of the day, whatever that next level is for you, whether it's, whether it's going from broke to not broke, or from not broke to pretty well off or from pretty well off to multimillionaire, there is a next level. Your future can be brighter than the past. And and that's really the core belief here is the opposite of nihilism and hopelessness is, is having a bigger, better, brighter future. And not everyone has the resources to, or maybe the mindset or the, or the tools or the training to get there. NLU, I believe in open source knowledge. I believe I believe that anyone with a with an internet connection and a and a phone can have a mentor in their pocket every single day from anywhere on the planet completely free and that's what next level university is all about. This is fantastic because most of every all the tabs are fe featured on the front page so I really don't even have to click on any of the tabs. I do want to uh, highlight though some of your uh, social media links though because you're all over the place. Um, so the name of the um, the website again is nextleveluniverse.com. This is Next Level University. And they've got the podcast. And so this is available on all the major podcasting sites, correct? Correct. Yeah. And iTunes, YouTube Apple as well. Podcasts. And on YouTube. On YouTube. Well. Yes. Here's the, and there's a link to their YouTube channel. I'll have all these in the, the show notes, but all you have to do is kind of look up Next Level University and they'll pop right up there. And uh, we've got an Instagram account. That's A Lazaros with an O, L A Z A R O S 88. And uh, then uh, also uh, you can find them in LinkedIn. That's uh, Alan Lazaros LLC right? Very professional. And uh, anything else you want to add for this? This has been a very, very great show and hopefully helpful to our audience as well. Uh, Tracy, all I want to say is it's very, very clear to me 
that you care about helping people and equipping people with tools and resources that will help them. So it's very, very clear in your actions, not just your words. And I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for having me. Honestly, this has been a, an absolute honor. Yeah. And, and again, and maybe we'll have you back if you would, if you dare to spend more time and we can go over some other things if they come up and I could have questions from people. Uh, but I know your time is valuable and I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. And you take care. Thank you thank so much. Yeah. Appreciate you. Alrighty. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Calming the Chaos podcast. If you found this podcast interesting or helpful, please like, subscribe, and share it with your friends. You can also go to www.calmingthechaospodcast.com to listen to all Calming the Chaos podcast episodes. I look forward to sharing my next podcast episode with you. In the meantime, take care. Howl at the moon or something like that.